coming through, I guess. He's, I'm afraid he may have to hang that up. He is, normally, you see Tiger at the very top of the leaderboard. Yeah, oh boy. That's tough. Well, if he goes down, that'll be for the right reason, not the wrong reason. I don't want him to go down for the wrong reason. I have followed him since his Yes. seated and before I go any further with the uh, preparation to give the remainder of the morning service to Brother Harold, I would just like to say uh, it was so nice to see so many of you uh, over and a late the last night as we were gathered for a, a rally that the, our new overseer, uh, Bishop Gary Smith, moderated, conducted. And it was just uh, good to see so many folks from our local church there. So praise the Lord. And good to see you again this morning. 
And here comes Brother Harold. Um, we have a graduation party coming up, so that'll be for Raven. It'll be next next week, the 28th, uh, 2 to 5 at Joe and Vicky's house, so it's in the bulletin there. If you get that, you'll have the address, and if you can learn to work your phone, you might be able to find it, so there you go. <laughs> it's not too hard, they say, so take a look at that. That'll be uh, next week. Other than that, just remember uh, uh, Wednesday night, 6.30 prayer service, and then uh, 7 p.m. do the Bible study. So as Pastor mentioned, some of us were at a service last night and had an enjoyable time um, listening to a message about running relay races, so and that we're not too old to run them. <laughs> so uh, it, it was a good word. Um, I think I've heard some people even discussing it this morning, so they're... they're uh, I guess running with it, so that, that that's a good thing. But let's uh, all stand as we get ready to have service this morning. We'll have time of prayer. If anyone has any prayer requests they'd like to mention. Nothing? Unspoken requests? Didn't raise their hand? All right, let's all pray. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. God, thank you for another opportunity.
one of us, God, present ourselves to you as a living sacrifice, Lord, holy and acceptable to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Our living sacrifice, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. By the help of the Lord, I want to be able to continue my sermon selections on the Holy Ghost, and I have looked ahead just a little bit, and I don't know how much of these that I'll be covering singularly, some of the thoughts I may be putting together, but just to give you an idea of some of the things that we'll be talking about on the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, that which Christ prayed that we could have and would have. Today's thought is on the comforter of the Holy Ghost. But we'll be talking about the advocate of the Holy Ghost, the office of discipline that the Holy Ghost is in charge of, his education, helping our memory system. Holy Ghost brought that to my memory. I've heard that expression so many times, and it will, and it does. The tongues that accompany the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So many different aspects of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus made arrangements that we would have the Holy Ghost when he left this world. When Jesus left this world, though, the Holy Ghost was still around. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, and yes, you can start with the first chapter. When God said, let us make man in our own image. Now guess who that U.S. was? It was God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And so it is important that we understand that the Holy Ghost is not just something that we harp on or we bring attention to because of messages and interpretations or translations even of the Holy Ghost. And that's an interesting thought too, by the way, is the aspects of the, uh, the tongues of the Holy Ghost. There, uh, on the day of Pentecost, 
It's in the book of Acts. First couple chapters, you can read about how the, the Holy Ghost fell upon the room where the 120 was, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And during that time of the Spirit being poured out on the early church, so many people joined the church. It increased by the thousands during that period of time. And then there would be prayer meetings, and there would be uh, people from different parts of the known world at that time that would be gathered in assemblies of uh, of Jerusalem at the different and various harvest times that would be celebrated. And there would be speaking of tongues and in prayer meetings, and people would hear messages and words said in their own language, which was a foreign language to those that might have been uh, native there. So it's an interesting and necessary thing for us to look into the offices of the Holy Ghost. And today, oh, I felt so strongly about presenting this particular version. The office of the Comforter. What a, what a time, what a necessity of time that we have for the expression of the Lord and His Spirit for His people at this time that we live in. Now I'm going to pick up with the time that, well, first of all, I'm going to pick up with what we left off with last year. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul as found in the sixth chapter and I left my bottle of water down there. That had nothing to do with last Sunday, but uh, I'm looking for it, and it's around my heart, and no, it's over there in my chair. And uh, So thank you, Brother Joe. I'm going to begin where we did leave off last Sunday. And it's the words of the Apostle Paul, chapter 6 of Ephesians 10 through 18. And he is stressing the need of the Holy Ghost. And he's stressing why that need exists. And this is what he is saying. Finally, my brother, brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. And here he begins to describe how that power is necessitated. He said, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let me just hold it right there for a moment. God's people are not going to read ride the jolly train to heaven. I do not know what the jolly train is, but you use your own imagination and think of something that's rewarding and nice and fun. It's not going to be a roller skate type trip, as we've heard said in time past in describing this. There's going to be trouble out there for God's people. Disappointment. 
heartaches. There's going to be things to happen that we're going to need. God's people are going to need, yes, God, but they're going to need the help of the Lord. And the Lord has provided helps for us. And as we go, we'll discuss that. But Paul is stressing how to prepare ourselves, how to deal with the stresses that are going to happen. Yes, indeed, put on the whole armor of God that you may be, no, not walking down Fifth Avenue, so to speak, but because you're going to encounter Satan and his devices, his wiles, as his tricks, in other words, that the uh, Apostle Paul is describing. And then he puts it into detail. He said, we're not going to wrestle just against flesh and blood. We're going to go up against principalities, against powers. That's governments, by the way, and regulations of the world. And the rulers of the darkness of this world against the Putins of the world, if you please, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then, to sum that up, he says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having all done, to stand. Stand therefore, Sometimes it's just not going to end. Sometimes we feel like the carpet is constantly being pulled out from us. Stand therefore, he says, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. I can't help as I read this. That this is scripture that we've read in so many different ways and so many different venues over the period of the years. But I am gratified that the Lord has put this familiar text of Scripture in my heart at the time that he has because we are dealing ourselves with these things in our homes, in our communities, in our country, in our world. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above everything else, making sure that we are spiritually prepared with the shield of faith so that we are ready for the warfare, so that we are understanding that it's going to happen, that it's not going to be the ride on the train or the ride on the roller skates, or flower bed of ease, as the expression goes. But there's going to be fiery darts of the wicked coming our way. So in conclusion of that particular chapter, or that text of Scripture, 17 and 18, he says, Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, as he is describing it. And then, addition to that, here we go with the Holy Ghost. Praying always 
with all prayer and supplication, supplication in the Spirit. We're talking about at this point getting a hold of the Holy Ghost of God. We're talking about needing its comfort as this subject is about today. Oh yes, direction, its power, its discipline that it need, that comes from the office of the Holy Ghost. But in this moment of time, we're discussing praying in the Spirit, that, seeking that comfort, watching therefore, thereunto rather, all perseverance and supplication for us all. We're not praying selfishly. We're praying for one another. I think as we have laid some of the groundwork for this presentation this morning. I don't want anyone to think, and please don't do this, please don't think you've heard it all before. Uh, I do not feel like I've said it all before. I don't feel like I've, I know it all. I feel like, for one thing, I never live tomorrow, so I don't know what it holds. But yes, I do know who holds tomorrow. I know who has the guidelines. I know who's got the direction. And I know that there's going to be darts coming your way, my way, that we have never experienced before. We need God's Word. We must have it, and it must be afresh in our lives every day of the week and every week of the year. Jesus expressed in John chapter 14, verses 11 through 18, he expressed how he understood this time that we're living in. And he said, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. In other words, get a hold of the fact that it's not the things of the world that are going to shape your life to withstand the world, but it's going to be the Lord in me and my works that I have done and the love that I have left for you. And he goes on to express it in this fashion. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to go unto the Father. Listen closely. Whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, Keep my commandments. Hold on to your seatbelts now, right now. Get ready for what the Word and Jesus, whom I gave this section, a subtitle of, He Understood Our Times. Listen closely to what the Word says. And I pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Oh, praise the Lord. 
I, I wish I could describe to you the uplifting of the Spirit that I feel in my very being right now as I present God's Word and this text of sermon or this bit of sermon about the office of the Comforter, about this time that we live in. It's just not about the fiery darts. It's not about the dilemmas that we're in, uh, encountering in this world. But, oh, God, help us to understand, we've got a comforter. We have the Holy Ghost to help us through this time that we live in. And the reason we have it is because Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And here he describes part of the nature of that comforter. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, and he dwelleth with you, and shall be with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Oh, thank the Lord. I love what the Message Bible says about this same very scripture. that I have shared with you. Listen to what the commentary by Eugene Peterson, he wrote, good Presbyterian minister who, who sought the guidance of the Lord and was directed by the Lord to write these words concerning this text of Scripture. He said, Believe me, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, Believe what you see then. Believe these works. The person who trusts in me not only will do what I'm doing, but even greater things because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. Don't, don't count on it, but you can count on it, brethren. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am, and what I am, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who He is and the Son. I mean it, whatever you, you request, oh, bless the Lord, that I will do. I love the last couple verses. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father, and He'll provide it. You know, all these things that you need to put the, the armor of God on for, the Lord is helping you with it by talking to the Father. He said, I will talk to the Father, and he will provide you a friend. Oh, that friend, by the way, is the Holy Ghost, if you want to get ahead with this, so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. God, the godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. doesn't know what he looks for. But you know him and already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. What a blessing. What a provision that the Lord has made through his Holy Spirit the last couple verses of this chapter, 
or this text of scripture. I think it's interesting to the way it's worded. He said, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. The Holy Ghost and the power that it provides and by way of comfort to us in this world. Now then, let's just stop and be realistic here for just a couple of minutes. Crime existed last night in our city. Crime will exist tonight in our city. There will be perhaps an arsonist burning down some more homes as it did in the last few days and perhaps another 94-year-old woman losing her life. There will probably be high school students in cars having head-on collisions or overdosing on fentanyl that is being put into so many of the drugs in this day and time. We probably will not see the disappearance of that. And the world is not going to find the solution, although I'm, I'm hoping that the police departments can get more funding or direction or guidance, whatever they need to do their job. I'm, I'm hoping for them. I'm hoping for all the good laws to prevail. But there's still going to be heartache. Homes are still going to be broken. Children are still going to be disobedient. There's still going to be hopeless and helpless in the world that we live in. But Jesus, according to the way Eugene Peterson put it, he says, I'm not going to leave you orphaned. He says, I'm coming back, folks. But all these other things, by the way, not said here, but said earlier, they're going to exist. You won't see me. The world won't see me. But I am alive. Think about it. Jesus is alive. And he's walking with you right now. He understands your circumstances. Let us pay a visit at this moment to the office of the comfort of the Holy Ghost. John, later on in this chapter 14, verses 26 and 27, the King James Version says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Isn't it wonderful? I don't have to say what it is. The Bible already says what it is. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. By the way, in case you didn't know that, uh, it's on page 7 in my notes. I don't know what page it is in the New Testament, but it's on chapter 14, verses 26 through 27. And it says, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Or you could say, if you want to repeat it and get it in your head real good and strong and straight, 
the Holy Ghost is a comforter. Or the Holy Ghost is going to be with you, not seen of the world, but is with you and in you. And it's what the Father has sent in the name of Jesus to bring all things to your remembrance. We'll be going back to that scripture in another sermon a little bit later when we talk about the educational uh, values of, of what the Holy Ghost is. In fact, uh, jo- Brother Joe over here, he learned what the uh, value of the Holy Ghost is by way of remembrance and understanding. His wife told him, to, he thought, she said, stand up. That wasn't the case. He can finish the story for you if you'll look at his right cheek and he'll describe that to you. Well, he's got a, he had an interesting uh, confrontation with the Holy Ghost and what the Holy Ghost was trying to let him know. But the comforter, the scripture says, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I think every wife in this building today ought to be appreciative if your husband has got the Holy Ghost. Listen to it again. This is what the Holy Ghost says about your husband, wife. It says he shall teach you all things. It's not her responsibility only. He shall teach you all things. Ah, you forgot this at the store. If you had the Holy Ghost, it would bring all things to your remembrance. Isn't that something? And if all the power and the presence and the prevailing spirit of the Holy Ghost. But here is something that is very real. And it's, it is in conjunction with the things that the, Paul was talking about that you're going to live and be among in this world. Jesus said, peace when the Holy Ghost comes. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. No, the world can't do it like I can. And then he puts it in a very simple, summating way. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I I will tell you that there are times that I am leery of the circumstances that we have to face in this world. Many of you, including myself, we adjust our schedules so that we're not maybe in certain neighborhoods at a certain time or out on on the highway at a certain time because we just consider it wisdom not to be there. But Jesus said, don't let your heart be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, after our visit to the comfort aspect of the Holy Ghost, the office of the Holy Ghost, I'd like for us to notice what Colossians, Paul's word to the church, or to the citizens of the church people of Colossia, chapter 3, verse 16. He is writing them a letter, and this is what he's saying. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, 
teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. Now, I don't know how this applies to people like, well, for instance, Brother George and myself. We can't sing, or as the expression goes, we can't carry a tune in the bucket. I say that about him, but I, I think he's told me that. I can't sing. But there is something else we can do, and that's the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and providing those words and wisdom, teaching them to others. And as the scripture here is talking about, we're just following the instructions of the Holy Ghost of God. That's another part that results from the office of the Holy Ghost. It's a wisdom that is to come from God's people that have the Holy Ghost. Hey, by the way, that doesn't, that doesn't eliminate the crime. That doesn't eliminate the stress that, as Paul talked about, that is going to be upon this world. It doesn't eliminate it, but it lets you know that the Holy Ghost, the comfort of it, is there for you to dwell upon and to experience in your life. Now, I suppose some of you might be saying, well, and not only that, it said we're going to get to those parts, but we're dwelling specifically upon the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And one way that I describe the comfort of the Holy Ghost If you've ever been away from your home, away from your good bed, and that's how I look at my bed that I have at home. It's the only place that I truly love to lay down my head and my body and, and go for rest and sleep. If you've ever had to be away and staying in another bed, there is, comes that moment, no doubt, that you wish somehow or another you could just be transposed back home and put in the comfort of your own bed. I don't know about you, but my, my pillow folds the right way. I squeeze it a certain way, and it's, it's just perfect for me. Nobody else's pillow does that. I love the fact that I have this type of sheet and blanket and bedspread that I cover up with. I sleep in a cool room, and when I want to turn, I know exactly where every little piece of that mattress is, and I grab a hold of it, and it's my pacifier for the rest of the hour or two hours. I love my bed, but I tell you what, that is what can be said Maybe not exactly my illustration, but you, you find your own illustration. That is what we find in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. That it is with us and no place else will be as comfortable to you as the comfort of the Holy Ghost as you walk through this old world and the things that are in it. 
Let the word of Christ, the scripture says, read it again with us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs, and being able to sing with grace in your heart. I would like, if I don't know if you all had notice on this. I don't know if my wife shared this or not. But I would, I would like for us to sing a song here at the end, Standing on the Promises of God. Now, I don't have all the words to this song in my notes. Actually, I do have all the words of the song, but the fragments of notes are made from the verses. I want to share them with you as these are great messages as a result of knowing that we can stand on the promises and Jesus said I will send the Holy Ghost that it will be there through eternal let his praises ring oh praise the Lord we just read about that when, is, when the doubt is howling and the fear is prevalent just remember that we have the sword of the Spirit or the Word of God and we will prevail. Notice that one of the verses, the extract from it is that there is perfect cleansing as we walk in the blood, standing in the liberty whereas Christ has made us free. We're talking about the comfort of the Holy Ghost. We need the comfort of the Holy Ghost, folks. We must have the accompaniment of the Holy Ghost as we walk through these times that Paul uh, gave us when he wrote to the church at, at Ephesus. We need to be, as part of one of the verses that says in the song, we need to be bound to him eternally by love's strong cord. Think of that particular pillow uh, and the mattress that you have that you just uh, just hunger to get back to overcoming the Spirit and the things that the Spirit provides for us. Yes, indeed, standing on the promises, I cannot fail. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God. And I'd like for us to be able to sing that song here in the closing moments of this morning service. And I'd like for you to think about the promise of the comfort of the Holy Ghost. There are many things you can think about it. When we have shared some, we'll continue to share some. But right now, we're going to be thinking about the promise of the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Would the congregation stand as we worship the Lord and this beautiful song that was written by Russell Mayer. Oh, I think that's his name. I, I'll get it right in just a moment. Russell uh, Carter was his name. He, lived, he was born in 1849. He died in 1928. Long time ago. But this old Methodist minister who was kicked out of many a small community because he preached about the promises of God. And in his autobiography, it talks about the fact 
that he was a great advocate of the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God and the great promises of the Comforter of the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. And because of the great comfort of the Holy Ghost, he felt inspired to write this song, Standing. Y'all want me to sing it? Probably not. Standing on the promises. Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you.
standing on the promises of our Lord, our Savior, standing on the promises of God. Folks, we've we've got a, a warranty, guarantee, and assurance written and signed in the blood by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that is going to be with us all the way through this life. Thank the Lord that he prayed that comforter be with you as you leave this building today, wherever you're going. Whatever you do this week, the Lord will be with us. Thank God for the comforter. Thank the Lord. Let's just join together in prayer. And as we come to the close of this service, this will be the closing prayer. Unless the Spirit should move upon somebody to come forward and desire more prayer, let us all pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're loving you, Lord, and thanking you, Lord. Oh, Lord, for your... Oh, Lord, for your attention that you gave us today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being here in this service with us in the manner that you have. We bless and we praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord as we dismiss from this kind. Assembly today, we do not dismiss from the Spirit of the Lord standing on the promises. God bless everyone. Praise the Lord. God bless everyone. Praise the Lord.